Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Thank you. John 15, John 15, verse 16. These are the words of Jesus. You did not choose me. You thought you did, but you didn't. But I chose you. Turn to the neighbour beside you, wherever you are or online, and just say to someone, hey, uh, he chose me. Amen. Tell someone that he chose me. He wanted me on the team. He chose me and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. We are not simply chosen to be on the sidelines. There is no such thing as an ornamental Christian. There's no such thing as a believer that's there for decoration, a believer that's there just to make up the numbers, somehow rather to fill a, a seat like they do at the Oscars. They have what they call seat fillers. And that is if someone steps out because they're going to get an award or to go to the restroom or something else, they have these people whose job it is to simply go and sit in the empty seat so that the building looks full. But God doesn't have any seat fillers in His world or in His kingdom. We are all chosen to be fruitful. Again, turn to someone near you, point at them and just lovingly say, you're chosen to be fruitful. You're chosen to be fruitful. Now, here in front of you is a tangelo tree. I know it's a tangelo tree because the label says citrus fruit, tangelo miniola. And uh, thank you, Leo, who's been guarding this with his life. I said it's not worth your uh, anything to you if that one fruit falls off. It's got to stay on. He may know he hasn't wired it on. Uh, it's there. Here's a tangelo tree and it's got one beautiful tangelo on it. But let me ask you a question. Which part of the tree deserves the credit for the fruit? Which part of the tree should we give all the honour to? Maybe we should give it to the trunk because it's so strong, so sturdy, it's very visible. Maybe we should say to the trunk, look what you did. Maybe though we ought to go to the leaves that are so beautifully lush and green. And we ought to say, obviously your part in photosynthesis in converting that sunlight into energy and, and the branches taking the sap down there and eventually out comes a flower and out of that comes a fruit. Maybe we ought to say to the leaves, you've done it. But some will say, but hold on, hold on a second. You can't even see the roots, but they're incredibly important. It's the roots that are bringing all the nutrients up out of the soil. And they're the ones that are really a part of this. And obviously, when I talk like that, every single one of us goes, duh, don't be silly. It's obviously not one part of it. The whole tree produced the fruit. Fruitfulness is always a we. It's never I. Fruitfulness is never I. It's always we. I might be an important part of fruitfulness, but I'm never going to be able to say it was all my own work. No matter what part you play, 
I go into hope at least once every week. I see people in there that are sorting out veggies. I see people that are going through all the food that gets donated that comes in from our partners and they're sorting it out and making sure that what we give our guests in hope is the very best. Seriously, the the food in hope is as good as any prime supermarket or greengrocer would have on the shelves. Maybe that's who it is. But maybe it's the people who are sitting behind the desk greeting each person that comes into hope. Maybe it's those that are helping them with the clothing that they need. Or maybe it's our counsellors that sit down with them, and I've watched them do this, sit down with them at a computer, helping them to apply for the housing they need or for the financial aid that they require. Maybe it's those, or maybe it's those others, I watch them as well, that are making hot toasties in the middle of winter and bringing food out to them. Tell me who in hope deserves the credit for the fruit that has come out of that place. Obviously, it's everybody, isn't it? Yes, texts, we speak about them. Where people make a commitment to Christ and at the end of my preaching, I'll give you an opportunity if you've never said yes to Jesus. You might have always wanted to be a Christian, you just didn't know how. We'll help you with that simple Y-E-S and people will do that again this week because they do it every single week. In every single service, people say yes to Christ. And sometimes I hear back the stories and go, I know that person because they log a prayer request in as well. And occasionally I'll know that. Mostly they're anonymous. But every one of those yes texts, the fruit of the church reaching people outside of Christ. Well, who deserves the credit for that? Well, it's obvious that whoever's up there preaching and announcing 0488826392 or yes.metrochurch.org.au or clicking on the yes button on metrochurch.online. But I would say to you that every yes text is a result of a host team this morning that went out there and swept the entire level of footpath in front of the church. When I turned up here, there was a cigarette butt on our step. And I walked past it. I didn't pick it up. Because I thought, I wonder who will. Well, I went out there after our pre-service gathering and sure enough, the host team have swept that entire step perfectly clean. Well, you know, they're a part of that, welcoming people into the building, making sure that it's already. What about the tech team? Right now, there's three guys down the broadcast, three or four, a bunch up there in tech as well, making sure that all of you online get to be a part of this service well, maybe they should get the credit. But what about the worship team? I don't know about you, but I think the worship in this church is second to none. Oh, yeah, I'm like, woo. And not just because they are so musically gifted, but I love, you can feel the passion they bring. And I've got no doubt one of the surprises to me, quite frankly, has been that uh, online we get more comments about the worship than we do about the preaching. <laughs> Unless Pastor Bruce is preaching, which goes there. <laughs> Pastor Rhonda just goes off the charts. And I'm, I don't, I'm actually thrilled about it. I love the fact there are people in break rooms on oil platforms who are engaging with the worship and going, wow. 
And I love the fact that where they are, it's more than just I'm watching a video of musos. They say, oh, I'm in the presence of God where I am. So maybe we should give them the credit. But then maybe it's the cafe team. Maybe the people that serve out there volunteering their time so that we can sit around together and connect and have conversations that matter. But maybe it's not them. Maybe it's Metro Kids downstairs. Maybe it's them that we ought to give the credit for the yes text. But maybe, maybe it's bigger than that. Maybe it's all of you that gave... So we've even got a studio. We built it last year, but we've made the commitment to it long before, well, before the pandemic. Yes, text happened long before. That's not our knee-jerk reaction to what's going on. It was part of the vision of what God wanted us to do, to reach out. He said, go into all the world. He never said, go into the footpath. He said, go into all the world. We're doing that. And it's an incredible part of it. Maybe it's not just that. Maybe it's the people that come in here and pray every week and pre-service prayer. Maybe it's the teams that pray every week. Maybe we should give them the credit. Maybe it's just everyone who serves all through the week because it's no longer just on Sundays. It's all week long. The reality is that when it comes to the fruit, it's always we. It's never I. That's reality. That's not even, I'm not trying to be nice. Look, you know, it's not like the, you know, the fruit says to the trunk, look, you know, basically you do nothing but stand there. But hello, let's include you because now we have to include, we give everyone a merit certificate. Leaves, you don't do anything except wave in the wind. But oh, well, we've got to include you. I'm not talking like that. I'm saying actually every part of that. Pull all the leaves off this tree and see how much fruit you get. Huh? Chop the roots off and then see what happens to your tree. I know that because my dog has dug up a few. <laughs> and there were no more fruit. Gonski. Finished. Huh? The reality is that when it comes to fruitfulness, fruitfulness is us, not me. You know, when this church first began, 30-something years ago, in the very first year, I wrote my mother and father a card. My parents served God in a small country town that was smaller than this church. But I remember I sent them a card, and I didn't do it trying to be impressive. I just did it because I wanted to thank them. I said, dear mum and dad, every soul that comes to Christ through this church and every person that gets helped will be laid to your account because it's because of your faithfulness and it's because of your dedication and because of your sacrifice that this church even exists. Their prayers that kept me alive when, quite frankly, I'm not even going to tell you the stories, but let's just say God had to be there or I'd be dead. That means that for every single one of us, listen to me, you matter. Come on. Every, I don't care if you're chopping veggies in hope. You're leading a, a, a women's Bible study and it's not everybody. It's a great bunch of women. Or maybe you come on a Wednesday with Pastor Rhonda and you pray or maybe, this, maybe you're a part of destiny or maybe you've just been a faithful tither and I don't even know because I still don't know what people give. Maybe that's your space. 
But I know this much. I know that for fruit, everyone matters. Amen. Here's the second thing that we need to know about fruitfulness is that fruitfulness has seasons. Obviously. Genesis 8 verse 22, first book of the Bible. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat. I remind myself of this verse every winter. Winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. Did you see what it said at the start? While the earth is, there will be seed time and harvest. You and I are all going to have both in our life. When it's sowing time, the ground looks dry, it looks hard, it looks completely uninviting. If ever you've been out to a paddock and watched it before it's sown with seed and the leftover of the last harvest is strewn all around, there are sticks and all kinds of dried cracks in the ground and you'd look at it and go, what on earth can happen out of this? But it's actually the time to plant, isn't it? Often God asks us to sow in times when it's not convenient, not comfortable, and doesn't look likely. Amen? God says, that's time, seed time. If you're in a difficult place, I will always say to you, my wife and I have done this all our married life. Whenever we got into a place of restriction financially, we would always say it's time to give. Always. Find a way. You go, but I don't have much. I go, that's exactly why you better sow some seed. And so we would do that because seed time doesn't always look great, but it's time to plant. But the second most crucial time is the second one. They're both important. While the earth remains seed time and harvest. Harvest really matters. In Luke 12, Jesus tells a parable. Well, it says so. Then he spoke a parable to them saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? I haven't got any room to store my crops. This man had not planned for success. He had no purpose for harvest. He's just letting it happen. And so he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will watch it. I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you've got many goods laid up for many years. Well, take your ease. Oh, everything about this guy's success carries in it the seeds of his failure. Take your ease. I made it. Woo. Eat, drink and be merry. And God said to him, you're a fool. Said, this night your soul will be required of you. Then you're going to die. Then whose will those things be which you've provided? Jesus ended off by saying, so is he or her who lays up treasure for themselves and is not rich toward God. His mistake was thinking that success was about self. I love Peter's comment in Mingle Time. That, you know, the first, after he'd started his business and, and it became successful and and the first tithe check was a big chunk. You know, i got a friend of mine who's started a business. His first tithe check was $10,000. That's how quickly it was successful. And he's told me personally it sat on his desk for a week. He couldn't bring himself. He's going, I've never seen that much money. His wife used to pack shelves 
at one of the supermarkets to feed the family. And out of all this, this phenomenal stuff, and just like you, Peter, it sat there for a while. What was it you said this morning? Holding on to it like what? A kung fu grip on the check. For those of you who don't know what a check is because you're too young, it's a piece of paper that they used to use. They used it to send money places. I know, bizarre, isn't it? They used to post them. Post. Uh, yeah. Don't worry about it. Look, it's, it's kind of like old email. Anyway. And this friend of mine said it sat there for a week and he thought, you know what? God, I'm either going to put this you first or I'm not. And so out of that, he began to be given to God. And I've known him now for many, many years. And just like Peter, this story is not one of loss. It's one of absolute ongoing blessing. Don't make the mistake of thinking that any success that comes your way is all about you. I believe God wants to position believers in lives of success. I believe that. I really do. People go, I don't believe in the prosperity doctrine. I go, well, which one would you prefer? The poverty one. Go knock yourself out because I've been poor. I never found anything godly about it. I never found the worry and the concern about whether I'd be able to pay the bills or lose my house or whether I'd be able to drive, whether I could fix the car. And I've been there where you parked the car because you couldn't afford the license fee. And I don't remember anything about that leading me into, into anthems of praise. Thank you, Lord, that I've got nothing. I don't remember any of that. What I remember is going, oh, God, this stinks. God, I want your blessing in my life. Amen. But the reality is that we're stewards of everything. We're owners of nothing. All of your gifts and your talents, your resources, your opportunities, Heck, the Bible even says that we are stewards of the grace of God. The grace of God. I hear people all over the world arguing about grace. Well, grace means I can do whatever I like. I go, obviously you haven't read your Bible. Other people want to make sure we stay as far away as that from possible. Here's a thought. If you're a steward of the grace of God, you'll use it wisely. And you'll make sure that it doesn't remain with you if you're a steward. You'll give it away to other people. Who are you giving grace to at the moment? Are you a steward of the grace of God or is it all just about what I get to do? We're stewards of everything. We're owners of nothing, really. Here's the third thing you need to know about faithfulness is that, uh, sorry, fruitfulness. Faithfulness always precedes fruitfulness. It goes before it. Faithfulness is so misunderstood, I believe, even by Christians. Because people talk about being faithful in coming, faithful in giving. And I would say to you that actually that's brilliant, but it's actually not the spirit of faithfulness. Judas was faithful in serving. Every morning he got up and went to Jesus and, and went and prayed with Jesus every morning for three and a half years. It wasn't one day where Judas, he was looking after the money Judas went and healed the sick. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. Judas went and did all of that. He was faithful for three and a half years to task. But he was never faithful to purpose. And he was never faithful to values. I believe that the highest level of faithfulness in your life, if you get these two right, everything else will find its place. I believe that faithfulness, a faithful spirit, is being faithful to the purposes of God in your life. Amen. Choose faithfulness to God's purpose over faithfulness to anything else. 
over programs or over ministries or titles or relate. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I just believe faithfulness to God's purpose and faithfulness to the values. You know, we're in the middle of the Olympics right now. And every year you know this is going to happen, don't you? That the thing that will hit the media in the first week or so will be the athletes who get sent home. No names here. There was one last week. Faithful in the discipline of their practice, their, you know, their fitness regime, their diet, their everything else. But were they faithful to the ideals of the Olympics? Not at all. So we find out that they failed a drug test. We go, you were faithful to so much, but you were unfaithful in the things that mattered the most. Amen? Come on. As a Christian, it's not about turning up, showing up and showing up. God is not interested in having servants. He's got angels to do that. Amen? He's wanting us, oh, I hope you're getting this this morning. I hope you're getting it. God's looking for a heart that says, God, fruitfulness is where I'm aimed for. And I know faithfulness is a part of that in my life. Let me finish by saying this. This tree never had to kind of get around there one day and go, oh, I've got to be fruitful. Oh, God, it's so hard to be fruitful. How will I do it? God, they'll chop me down if I'm not fruitful. God, I have to be fruitful. Oh, God, I have to be fruitful. Oh, Jesus, help me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray harder to be fruitful, God. I'm going to pray harder to be fruitful, God. And the tree never gets there and tries to squeeze out a fruit. You ever met a Christian who prays like that? Like, like they've got a pain somewhere or other? You know what happened to this tree? It doesn't go, oh man, I've got to get a banana. I got a pawpaw's got to be hanging off here. It just does what tangelo trees do. Produces tangelos. If you're in the place where fruit bearing to you is some massive pressure and stress, here's a word of advice for you. Why don't you let the Holy Spirit produce in you and through you? the fruit that you're designed to produce. See, you won't produce mine and I won't produce yours. I can't produce it all. Thank God. Thank God I don't have to be roots, trunk and leaves. Amen. I just got to be the bit I am. Amen. I just got to be the bit I am. God's given you a gift and you're brilliant at your gift. Thank God for the gift you're brilliant at. Great. Then let that shine. Amen. Let fruitfulness come as a result of that in your life. You don't have to squeeze it out. You've just got to let it come through your life. Yeah, that might sound way too easy, but you know what? I find the older I get and the more I serve God, the less pressure I feel on the inside about having to make something happen. The more I start to say, Lord, you called me. You chose me. I'm just going to let the fruit come in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for every person that's a part of this service, whether they're in the building with me or the balcony, whether they're with us online or whether sometime during the week they'll join us online. Be a part of that. 
God, I pray that every single one of us will just want to be fruitful. We'll give ourselves, Lord. We'll yield ourselves in whatever season we're in. If we're in the season of, of seed time, Lord, and things look difficult, God will serve you just as faithfully. We'll obey you just as faithfully. Lord, if we're in a season where there's fruit hanging off us all over the place, then, Lord, we'll be careful to come back and say, Lord, I'm still following your purpose in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing. Thank you for every blessing that you are making happen in our life. We thank you for all the ways you use us, Lord, and we didn't even know you were doing it. We're grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I pray you'll be fruitful in every area of your life. What I find often is that there'll be a, a season where everything's going great in one space and another one's tough. I don't usually find it's all seed time right across my life, nor all harvest right across my life. I find there's different spaces. And uh, whichever one you're in, we'll trust God with it. Let me just talk quickly to those of you here who may be saying in your heart, Jeff, I don't know how to find God in my life. I believe every human being on the planet is born with a desire for God. It's almost like the imprint, the watermark, if you like. You know, that hidden thing that only we see at certain moments when the light shines. We begin to get to have a look and go, well, I wonder. I've sat with so many people who have been through a crisis and that's their moment where they start going, I wonder about God. Other, other people, it's got nothing to do with the problem. They just walk out and look up at the sky and go, there's got to be more than this. We are so complex. Psalm 139 says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We're made. We're designed. There's a reason why you're on the planet. God's got a purpose for your life. Not just a purpose to produce. We covered that on the very first service of this series called and chosen, that Jesus chose them that they might be with him. The greatest thing I know is that God wants to walk with you. And I don't know how God's mercy does it. I don't know why he does it, but he seems to walk with me despite my failures despite my faults, despite my mistakes, despite my stupidity at times. He says, I want to be with you. And I think that's the greatest thing that I know. And it begins with a yes, such a small thing. It's not difficult. God's not waiting for you to get your act together. He's not waiting until you can prove yourself trustworthy. He wants to receive you. He'll accept you. Jesus said, whoever comes to me, I will not in any way reject. So I know that you can come with your doubts and your questions and your issues and your upsets and all the rest of that stuff, you can come to Jesus. And I know that he'll say yes and receive you. I'm going to pray for you in a minute. And then I trust you'll bring your yes to Jesus. Again, that line for those of you in Australia who want to give it like that, it's, 0488826392. If you're outside of Australia and you'd love to get it by email, 
then it's yes.metrochurch.org.au. Or some of you that are on metrochurch.online at the moment, that yes moment will come up and you just tap on it. It'll take you through to that. What's going to happen after that? Because only about the rest of you here, we've all gotten a little more suspicious, haven't we? In this climate we're in, we're told all the time about all these things that might uh, be out there we need to be wary of. Let me tell you exactly what will happen. A, you will give us your phone number or your email address. The next day after that, we will send you a Bible verse, different one every day. We'll send you a prayer, a different one every day. The Bible verse is so you can see what God says about you. The prayer is so you can learn to communicate with God. It fits on one screen of your smartphone. That's all it is. You can opt in. You can opt out whenever you like. If you don't opt out, then it'll go for 30 days. After that, there's a whole lot of mini-series you might want to know more about what God says about certain things. At no point will we ever write and ask you for money. We'll never spam you or anything else. The only thing I think we've ever done is to let you know when water baptisms were coming up. So if you want to be a part of that and could, you, you can be a part of that. It's our desire to help you grow with Jesus. So let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, I don't know everyone, but you do. And you died for them, whether they know it or not. There are people that are a part of the service and they've wanted to know you. And right now, even while I'm speaking, the desire for you is rising inside of them and they're thinking, yeah, I, I do want that. Maybe, Lord, they just never knew how easy it was. Maybe they weren't sure that you'd want them, but you certainly do. Lord, I pray for them today in Jesus' name. Some people, Lord, that are walking past us, that person's with us online and they're hearing it in that cafe, that hospital bed, the break room, wherever. And right now as they're walking past and they're hearing a voice say to them, you can know Christ. You can come to God. Lord, would you touch them and help them today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sending in that yes, however you're going to do that. We are so thrilled that you have started a great walk with God and a journey. We want to give you a round of applause. Come on, let's do that, folks, wherever those people are. Fantastic. Fantastic. How many people want to be fruitful? All of us do. Amen. Now, uh, Dr. Ruby, you've just built a new house, haven't you? And I was kind of asking around the staff and I said, who's built a house that I can give this away to? I said, anybody with a green thumb? Well, they never mentioned your green thumb, but they, they did say you had a new house. You've just built, recently graduated after all those years of study and dedication. Now you're a fully qualified specialist in bringing babies out. And uh, so I want you to have it. Would you mind? Would you grow that? And then in a year's time, would you come back and show us how many towns you have? <laughs> a year from now, I want pics of this tree that's bending over, nearly breaking from so many Tangellos. That's why I'm not taking it home. <laughs> Leo, I'll make sure you get it before the end of the service. Folks, what a great morning and thank you so much for not just being in church, 
But thank you for what you bring every week when you come. You bring faith and you bring a love for God. You bring a joy about serving Jesus. And I think that's a great part of the fruitfulness of this church. We're going to sing together that new song. Is that all right? Uh, can I change that all around? Can we sing that, Amanda? What's it called again? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And it's a real... I noticed Michael had a bit of groove going in it. He was... Is anybody else like me? And when God gave out dancing jeans, you were still hiding out the back somewhere. I, I just... I think I'm pretty coordinated, man, but I'm, I just don't have it yet. Maybe I should stop declaring that. I should say I am a rapper. I'll be in the next Olympics as a rapper. Why not? I can think of a few reasons. God, let's stand together and worship God. Let's declare this to Jesus. Cafe will be open out there. Stay with us. Come on. Thank you. I'll leave it to you.
I'm going to Solomon in the ministry time. God bless you all. If you need prayer, we'd love to pray with you. Come forward. Cafe's open. God bless. See you somewhere soon. Thank you.